Welcome to the Bible in the News. This is Jonathan Bowen joining you. The Bible paints a clear picture of the place of Britain in the time of the end. The scriptures are clear on the alignment of the nations. Daniel 11 speaks of two power blocks at the time of the end, hostile to each other. We read, At the time of the end shall the king of the south contend with him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, and with horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. That's reading from the American Standard Version. So here we see that there's a contention between the king of the south and the king of the north. The divide between the two is given in Ezekiel chapter 38. The northern confederacy is described as, Son of man, set thy face towards Grobe, the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn thee about, and put hooks in thy jaws, and will bring thee forth, and all thine army. He goes on to speak of Persia, Cush, and Put with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, and the house of Tagarma in the uttermost parts of the north, and all his hordes, even many people with thee. Be thou prepared, yea, prepare thyself, thou and all thy countries that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 2 to 7. Gog is of the land of Magog, which sits squarely on Germany. He is the prince of Russia, Moscow, and Tobolsk. With him are the armies of Persia, or Iran, and Cush, or the Ethiopians. They are joined with Gomer and all his hordes, who are the nations which spread across Europe and settled in France. And Tagarma speaks of the area of the Caucasus. On the other side of the divide, we find a lineup of merchants or capitalist countries, Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou assembled thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Ezekiel 38, verse 13. The merchant power of Tarshish is Britain, with its young lions who are the former colonies led by the Americans. At the center of this divide is the nation of Israel, which is to be invaded by the European Russo Confederacy, joined by the anti-Semitic nations identified. The scriptures paint latter-day Europe as the feet of the image in Daniel 2, which comes into direct conflict with the kingdom of God. We read in verse 44, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. Daniel chapter 7 depicts the fourth beast, representative of Rome and its descendant modern Europe, as coming into judgment of the Ancient of Days. We read in verses 9 to 11, I beheld till thrones were placed, and one that was Ancient of Days did sit. His raiment was white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and his wheels thereof burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, Thousands of thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. And I beheld at the time, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and it was given to be burned with fire. Well, Revelation picks up the story and depicts the nations of Europe as a beast that is ridden by a harlot or the religious power of Catholic Europe. 
in the last, last phase of the kingdom of men, depicted in Revelation 17, the independent nations of Europe surrender their sovereignty to the beast. The end result is an alliance in direct conflict with the Lord Jesus Christ, as we've seen elsewhere in Scripture. We read in verses 12 to 14, The ten horns that thou sawest are ten kings, who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These have one mind, and give their power and authority over to the beast. These shall war against the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they also shall overcome that are with him, called, chosen, and faithful. When you put all this evidence together, the picture is clear of what will be in the latter days. Europe, combined with Russia, will be hostile to the nation of Israel, will invade the land, and eventually come into direct conflict with the Lord Jesus Christ. John Thomas, commenting on this in Elpis Israel, written in 1848, said, At the consummation of the judgment, the territories comprehended in the dominion of the four beasts to their full extent will be divided between two independent dominions of the latter days, namely that of Gog and that of the Lion of Tarshish. Gog's will include so much of the territory as to entitle his dominion to be represented by Nebuchadnezzar's image, Assyria proper, Persia or Iran, Asia Minor, Turkey, Armenia and Mesopotamia, Egypt, Italy, Germany, Belgium, France, Spain, Portugal, Sardinia, Naples, Lombardy, Bavaria, Hungary and Greece countries all included in the catalogue given by Ezekiel in, his pro in the prophecy of Gog, are symbolized by the head, breast, body, thighs, legs, and toes of the image. These are at the crisis united together in one dominion which is broken to pieces as the result of the Battle of Armageddon. End quote. On the other side of the equation are the merchants of Tarshish, or the kings of the south. Instead of being destroyed with hostile Europe by the Lord Jesus Christ, Britain and the young lion allies will submit to Christ. We read in Psalm 72, verses 10 to 11, of the kings of Tarshish and of the isles thereof, who shall render tribute. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, and all nations shall serve him. Based on these scriptures, Thomas wrote, The finger of God has indicated a course to be pursued by Britain which cannot be evaded, and which her counsellors will not only be willing but eager to adopt when the crisis comes upon them. The decree has long since gone forth which calls upon the Lion of Tarshish to protect the Jews. Upwards of a thousand years before the British were a nation, the prophet addressed them as the power which at evening tide should interest themselves in behalf of Israel. To Britain, then, the prophet calls as the protector of the Jewish nation in the evening tide trouble, and commands it to send its messengers in swift vessels, because the crisis is urgent, and to plant Israel as an ensign upon the mountains. The ensign being planted on the mountains of Israel by Britain, the Lord will cause the Assyrian autocrat to blow the trumpet, summoning the hosts of his nations to war, for he has said, I will bring thee, O Gog, against my land." End quote. Thomas's faithful predictions proved true, as it was Britain who would wrest the land of Palestine from the Ottoman Turks, drying up the river Euphrates, and preparing the way for the kings of the sun's rising, we read of in Revelation 16, verse 12, and the return of the Jews back to the land. 
Well, Scripture clearly outlines the alignment of the nations in the time of the end and dictates that Britain must get out of Europe. Europe has a different destiny as a hostile invader which will be destroyed by Christ when it makes war with Israel and him. Britain is not part of this northern confederacy, and as the European Union is creating a single military command, Britain must get out. We clearly see the Bible in the news when we read the headlines in the Daily Express, Get Us Out of Europe. The campaign, launched in November of 2010 by the Daily Express, is gaining steam with the growing economic crisis in Greece and across Europe. A current article stated, After too many years, as the victims of Brussels larceny, bullying, overregulation, and all-around interference, the time has come for the British people to win back their country and restore legitimacy and accountability to their political process. Withdrawal from the EU should be accompanied by withdrawal from the jurisdiction of the alien or this alien pan-European tribunal so that matters of British justice are decided once again in British courts. The article went on to highlight the problem with, the, with remaining in the European Union. We read, Now the price of belonging to the EU, in terms of surrendering sovereignty, is to be further raised with countries like Ireland, effectively having their public spending and borrowing decisions made by the European Central Bank in Frankfurt rather than their electorates. End quote. A special edition of the Daily Express from January of this year carried headlines reading such as, Get Britain Out of the EU. We Demand Our Country Back. It carried articles with titles such as, Why We Must Break Free from the EU Dictatorship. A Crusade for Freedom. Brussels is the Financial Disaster. Love the Continent. Abhor the Tyranny. With the renewed crisis in Greece this week, the British MEP Nigel Farage was quick to point out the growing dictatorship in Brussels. And during your speech, Mr. Barroso, there was an all-pervading sense of gloom. And I saw for the first time even your own supporters shaking their heads. They don't believe in what you're saying. The European people don't believe in what you're saying. And I don't really think even you now believe in what you're saying. Because we all know that Greece is going to default. The end game for Greece is near. And you can't say you weren't warned. You were told that the treaties were fatally flawed. You were all told that Greece should never have joined the Euro. And when I stood up here five years ago and talked about Greek bond spreads, you treated me with such utter derision, it was as if I'd been let out of the local lunatic asylum. No, you've been warned all the way through. So now what you've got, now what you've got is economic governance. And everybody here in this front row supports more European economic governance. What is European economic governance? I'll tell you what it is. It's a plane landing at Athens airport, out of which get an official from the Commission, an official from the European Central Bank, and, a, and, and an official for the appalling IMF. And those three people, the Troika you call them, go in, they meet the Greek government, and they tell the Greek government what they may or may not do. You have killed democracy in Greece. You have three part-time overseas dictators that now tell the Greek people what they can and can't do. It is totally unacceptable. Is it any wonder that Greek people are now burning EU flags and drawing swastikas across them? You are, frankly, unless Greece is allowed to get out of this economic and political prison, you may well spark a revolution in that country. 
Farage identifies that the EU is imposing a dictatorship over Europe through financial policy. The British are becoming completely fed up with the European bureaucracy and its pretense of democracy. The frustration is clearly heard in the words of John Bufton, British MEP for Wales, who comments on what the European Parliament really is. Now we've waited here tonight for, for many hours to speak. It is now 10 o'clock of the evening. You know, the one-minute speeches come in, we get allocated time, but it's pathetic. If we're going to spend our time here on important issues for our own regions, we should be certainly allowed to have our say. There must be a setup within your organisation, within this nonsense of a parliament, that we can actually say that we're going to be here, we can be given time to speak. To think that we spend all this time here waiting and sitting in the hope of getting a speech is nonsense. Our people back in our country, in the UK, are fed up with this nonsense because we can't speak up for their rights and their issues. This is an absolute travesty. We've, I say to you, take it back to Mr Barroso. I've mentioned to him before that this whole thing is a farce. If I'm going to be here at 10 o'clock at night on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, we should be at least given a chance to speak on important issues relating to our member states. I ask you, sir, take it back now to your governors because this is not a democracy, it's a dictatorship. Thank you. With this creeping control taking over governments across Europe, the call for Britain to get out is getting louder. This tied to the fact that Britain has to help fund the bailout of nations who carry the euro is causing the country to revolt against the European Union. The Bible is clear. Europe will become a dictatorship by all the nations giving their power and strength to the beast, and Britain will get out in order to play the role the finger of God has identified for it. It's just a question of how and when. Join us next week for another edition of The Bible in the News. <laughs>